0: The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation.
1: Hoop Ballers! Welcome back to another episode and another edition of Today in Sports Betting. I'm your host. Devin Ellington, at D-A-L-E-007 on Twitter. You can find us at Hootball Gaming on Twitter. And this is a hoop ballcom presentation, as always. If you haven't done it yet, make sure to go over there, check out the daily, you know, the wager pass, the premium content, the Brew 150, the fantasy pass, the DFS pass. It's going to be all sorts of uh, lucrative opportunities over there for you guys checking that out. I'm using the Brew 150 for my drafts right now, and it's going swivingly. Real nice small payment, nice $5 increment. You know, the content's longer than a foot long, so we're doing better than Subway. Um, Tons of tons of content from award-winning contributors. Like I said, Aaron Brewski, our... Founding president of Hootball. He's been winning rankings, awards, and contests with his rankings, the Brew 150, for the past decade. You'll get that on top of the draft kit. We've got minutes, projections, depth charts, we got rotations, we've got information on just about everything. Schedule breakdown to start the season so you can take advantage of some four game weeks. All sorts of fantasy basketball stuff. And then we've got the wager pass, of course, where you'll get premium picks from me, yours truly. And then you'll also get some stuff from Vince Miracle at VM Center. Shout out to Vince, he was on yesterday's show. And then we've got some other professionals over there. And then Brew and Dan themselves will be getting in on some NBA action here soon. But before all that, we've got some stuff to unpack today some preseason basketball we're going to dig pretty heavy into. Talk about NBA a lot here today's show just for the simple fact that I've got a marvelous guest on. It's a first-time cross-pod hoop ball contributor thing. I couldn't out another word there. So it's a thing. That's what we're calling it. And um, before we do all that, I'm going to talk about one last thing, and that is manscaped.com. Use promo code hoopball 20 o o p b a l l two zero to get 20% off. You're also gonna get your free shipping. The Weed Whacker just came out. Lawn mower 3.0, still pretty new, but the Weed Whacker just came out. Yes, that's right, the Weed Whacker. Get your nose hairs, ear hairs, and other sensitive spots taken care of nicely. It's got no-pull technology. Real nice and smooth, long battery life, technology is durable. You'll get a free uh, uh, blade sent to you in a couple months for an upgrade. Make sure to use that promo code. Check out the lawnmower Mower 3.0 also, waterproof technology. Check out the beard balms, the oils, the powders, the bags, the underwear, the razors, the kits, all the good stuff. Manscaped.com, promo code Hoopball20. Go ahead and use that. Get yourself some stocking stuffers. So I mentioned we had a guest that's going to be on the show today and uh, I'm excited for it because we have some very um, agreeing views with Ben sports and he hosts the at Hootball podcast or Hootball Hawks podcast for us. Um, and this is a team that I'm excited for, for future sakes, for fantasy sake, for, uh, sake, for uh, basic, just basketball fandom sake. And, um, I'm new to the Peach State. Brad Jarrett's been here. Mr. Brad Jarrett, 67 on Twitter. Brad, thanks again for making time for me and uh, coming onto the show to talk some hoops, talk some hawks, talk some whatever we talk about. How are you doing, bud?
0: Man, I'm doing great, man. It's a pleasure to be on. Thank you for the invite. And uh, I love talking about my hawks uh, here in Atlanta, who I've been covering for the last three months. And it's great to, you know, broaden my horizons and talk about some other things as far as college basketball, other teams in the NBA, and as well as some, you know, there's a football game tonight as well. It is Thursday, some some people's favorite day of the week, Thirsty Thursday, as we like to say in college, but I'm just glad to be on, Devin, and I just hope that, you know, I can provide some great uh, insight for the listeners today.
1: Well, I'm sure you will, and this is also, you know, a little bit about you because, you know, point simply put, I am a fan of you, and I'm a fan of your work. You know, you've been churning out some really great content for us. You're a smart guy. You've got experience on the gridiron as a player at the collegiate level. You offer perspective on a lot of different things in a very seamless and a smooth approach. So I can respect that, and I can dig that because that's the way I try to go about it, minus the collegiate gridiron experience as we talked off camera.
0: Oh, man, so, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Yeah. just want to just keep everybody informed, look at all different angles and it can make you better when, you know, talking about sports, betting on sports, whatever it is with sports, viewing it uh, the more perspective to have, the better you are dissecting it. That's what I like to say. So hopefully I can provide that. I know Devin's been doing that on the show. He's a constant. So I'm just trying to follow Devin's lead
1: today. Well, it takes two to tango. So we'll do that, but all right. I, I don't know how to salsa. So we'll tango. Um, so like I said, I'm a fan of yours. I like the Hawks. I like the NBA. I'm in the middle of two fantasy drafts right now. And you know, for the folks for the listeners. Yes, this is a gambling podcast, but we are all encompassing. So I know the last you know, week or so, we've kind of gone off the you know, proverbial trails and the uh, tracks or whatever a little bit, but we're doing some different stuff. We're doing some nighttime podcasts right before games tip to give you a little up to the minute, you know, kind of did do do waver wire, you know, breaking uh, analysis. So you can get there right before pre-flop. We've done a little bit of different guests on the show. You know Some folks that contribute over at ESPN, we're doing some cross pod stuff. So this is our passion. You know, this is what we're going to do. And we're going to do some new stuff here and there. And I think we're going to enjoy it all together. So with that being said, we're going to be talking pretty heavily about the Hawks today. I've got a couple questions because like I told you off air, I was very much so looking into this team and uh, we're going to handicap some games too, because of course this is football gaming. So we're going to get there and we're going to do it kind of parallel and, you know, Uh, dichotomously and so we'll get there but I want to start with a couple of additions that you guys made and we didn't talk about this one off air so I saved my ace of spades to kind of bring out on the show okay and my my addition that I really like for the Hawk squad was bringing Nate McMillan onto the coaching staff Mm, yes and bring in some you know old school, hard-nosed defense, uh, you know, playbook, awesome, just kind of man defense, but also recognizing how to play zone, fill in space, being physical, active hands, old school, like I said, I think it's a great approach for this younger squad, like John Collins. Maybe he learns how to use his hands a little bit better. We talked about John Collins a little as well.
0: Yeah, and on a defensive end, I think the impact that Nate McMillan can make is is going to be it's going to be seen definitely. I think it's been seen a little bit in glimpses early on in preseason, even though they got to work on continual you know building of continuity, learning the system, learning their fits on the defensive end, and obviously you, you know it, it's lucky that right now they're playing a team twice in a row, so it gives them one game to kind of do a little trial and error, and then they clean it up on the back end in the second game here's preseason goes, but. David Miller, an experienced coach, been a head coach for 16 years in the NBA. Normally, his teams always compete. I think I did the numbers that out of his 15, 16-year 10 year. Tenure, I have to remember the number exactly. I know 10 of those years, he had a winning record. So he's always having winning records. They're usually in the playoffs. He's never been past the... Uh, he's only been past the first round of the playoffs once, but still he's been to the big dance in the NBA and his teams are always really well defensively. Last year, his Indiana Pacers had the, I want to say the sixth best defensive efficiency rating in the NBA. So he has a the blueprint to the, to defend in today's NBA and it's shown by the success that he's had for his overall team. So I think it his ability to come in behind Lloyd Pierce, who's entering his third year as a head coach in the NBA to have someone with experienced tenure, who's been through the rigorous NBA schedule, having to deal with in-game situations, seasonal situations uh, behind behind you to bounce off ideas is going to be very invaluable for this Hawks team going forward and just structurally just really rebuild this defense, which was bad, bad. And that's the clean PG version, G version. Yeah, that's a Disney version of it. They were really yeah. bad on the defensive then, uh, with a lot of youth a lot of injuries, a lot of pieces moving in and out with trades throughout the season. So it was hard for them to really build continuity on that end of the floor. So now I think with the depth, they're going to have to work on getting all these pieces on the floor, working out their minutes and rotations, but being able to really just have a guy who is experienced like Naaman Mellon, who all he has to do is coach the defensive end and maybe some other responsibilities on the staff. I don't know what those are specifically, but just to sit back, have his tentacles on the defense just be be in place, and I think he's going to really help out Trey Young as well. So I'm really excited to see how that continues to progress and improve from game in to game out.
1: Yeah, like you said, just kind of having his tentacles uh, on the defense there is going to be important. Like we talked about his philosophies, you know, being successful. I mean, this guy got fired. From the head coaching position, but he's never had a losing season as an NBA head coach, so um, that says a lot about him, and then, you know, like you said, some of those pieces, you know, this organization seems like they did a minus uh, by, subtra- or addition by subtraction, um, you know, off-season move this year, you know, you guys added a lot, but you didn't really have to do too, too much about it, it was just simply remolding a little couple pieces here and there, um, Kevin Horder and Cam Reddish develop, uh, development is going to be huge. Want to see if Cam Reddish can get into that, you know, second team defense, you know, realm that he's got potential to be able to do. His percentages were pretty god-awful last year, and um, I think he's got a lot of improvement to do this year, and I think he'll be a vital part to this team also if he stays healthy. And then, you know, throw another name out there and we talked about them both but you know the duo of gallo and bogdanovich just helping with a little bit more of a veteran presence and then the you know confidence and the uh results the good results at the free throw line especially late in games i think that's going to help with this youth
0: yeah, a lot of youth, a lot of youth. You mentioned Reddish and Hunter, who um, I know you said Reddish has aspirations of being one of the best defenders in the league. And DeAndre Hunter, who really worked hard this offseason on being a better defender as he wants to be the best defender for this team. So the fact that they play the same, relatively the same position and they're going to see each other a lot in practice and push each other, they're both competing for minutes. I think competition only just breeds confidence once they step on the court, because they know that they put the work in in practice to get to that point. So I'm really excited to see where they go right now. DeAndre Hunter has been a constant in the lineup as he is Mr. Durable compared to Cam Reddish, even though I think Cam Reddish has the higher ceiling in this league. And so does other great NBA players like John Moran and Steph Curry, who have worked out with Cam Reddish just off season and said that he has all the tools to be an all-star in this league. It's just a matter of opportunity and growth and progression in Cam Reddish. And I expect to see that this year as aggressive that he has been early on. And I call them the, the Mag- Magic City Trio, the famous uh, adults, adult club here. They have wonderful chicken wings, the young wings for the Hawks. Magic City Trio, Trio. DeAndre Hunter, who I mentioned, Cam Reddish, who I mentioned, and Kevin Herter. Kevin Herter has a lot to prove this year as well. I said it's kind of a put-up or shut-up year for him. In his third year in the NBA, he was battling a lot of injuries, but he's finally healthy now, even though he's battling some ankle soreness right now for before tonight's game. But he's been aggressive as well and taking his shots working on the defensive end and what really surprised me is that even with ankle soreness last game in the preseason he had eight rebounds as a two guard which is very impressive and another guy that we have not talked about i love the gallo i love the bogdanovich additions though those go you know without being said on the offensive end but finally having clint capella healthy is going to really help this team he's looked great first couple preseason games he's battling little soreness himself right now, but he's been a force in the paint, grabbing rebounds, challenging shots at the rim, and with his big soft hands, making catches in the paint and finishing around the rim. He's going to be a constant presence in the paint for the Hawks, which was desperately needed in the last couple of years. And they really haven't had that between the Alex Lins and Dwayne Dedmans. And now they have a guy who can get a double-double every single night. And you know, challenge some shots, and really, you know, they kind of have a stabilizing force in the paint. So, the sky is really the limit with this Hawks team. It's a matter of with all this depth, finding finding the right lineups, finding the right combinations, finding the right minutes for players, and once they fine tune that out, and it may be through the regular season. It's not going to all get figured out in the preseason or the first couple of weeks of the regular season. It might be a season long process, but. The more players getting experience, the more players get in the court playing with different players, I think the better it is to be able to just roll out a certain lineup later in the year or in a playing game situation if they are in that playing game situation, which I think they will probably be in that conversation this year to kind of just duke it out and know that I can put out this lineup for defense, this lineup for small ball. This is our starting lineup. This is the preferred bench lineup. All those different, you know, different tools that they'll have at their disposal. So depth is a good problem to have, which is something that we have n- have not been able to speak to in Atlanta for the last few years.
1: Yeah. It seems like since the departure of, you know, the, the Mike Woods, Woodson era, you know, and the depth that came around, you know, that group of players, you know, obviously um, it's been a rebuilding process between now and then and um i think this is probably the best part of that rebuild uh in recent years you know the most i think solid pieces the most balance of youth and veteran players uh you know trades being made smart moves so i I think it's on the right side of coming up and I've, i've talked about this hawks team a few times on the gaming podcast in general and um which is a big reason why I wanted to have you on, Brad. And I talked about how I think this is, you know, one of my most favorite teams as far as a dark horse playoff team in the East. And, you know, maybe just like a gray horse. and They're not necessarily dark. I mean, they got a lot of talent, a lot of youth, like we've talked about, but skillful, Um, a lot of excitement um, within the offensive side of the skill sets. And then I think, you know, the head coach isn't getting enough credit, but I also, like we talked about, I think the McMillan edition is going to really, really help, you know, every um, facet of, and every level of this team. So I'm looking forward to maybe putting into a futures ticket or a season win total over uh, if I find the right number on them to make some noise for a futures bet for me. Yes. Yeah. It's
0: going to be, it's going to be very interesting to play out. I know in the last part I talked about, you know, the shoe wins in the East as far as the playoffs, you know, it's the Phillies, the Boston's, Brooklyn and who oh, are missing another Toronto, another, Toronto all Milwaukee. in the Adla- yeah all in the Atlantic Division Then you have Milwaukee the Pacers have been there the last several years so at least two spots Miami is for sure going to probably be in the playoffs so that last spot is really going to be a battle when you talk about seven through ten playing scenarios. I think the Pacers will be there. The Hawks will be there. The Wizards will be there. And I think it'll be the Bulls. So yeah. if um if you guys are you know betting on that, those are you know my four teams that I would say are probably going to be there when it comes to the play and tournament situation in the East. But it'll be very interesting to see how it plays out. COVID, the elephant in a room for the season, may have a really big impact of certain players are out for an extended time and i know that uh edub from hawks Beach. shout out edub if you're listening to this uh uh-huh. he mentioned that on the last podcast that you know COVID is going to be a big factor so that's something that we have to also take into account for this year when if we see a player is out it, it's that's a minimum 12 games so in 12 games 12 days i mean sorry 12 days sorry could be like five that, games yeah that could be like five games that is that's a huge blow in a 72 game sprint of the season. So you're going to, if you have prayer beads, you do voodoo, whatever you do, uh, (laughs) wish that on your favorite player, or favorite team, hopefully that they all follow protocol and keep themselves safe that, so they'll be available to be on the court and help their team succeed.
1: You know, it's, that's a good point. And I'm excited to see, I'm, I'm real excited to see what the teams that were in the bubble tend to do, or if they have, a lot more success early on in the season, but also throughout the whole season, just because they understand the rigorous uh, approach it takes to be able to have your, all your guys playing and available. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if they're going to take it more serious now that there's not going to be a bubble. And I, I I think that I I would like to believe that those teams are probably going to have a little bit more success because they're going to be a little more disciplined. So look for those teams in the early parts of the season, say like your Brooklyn Nets, I mean, they're already going to be on the positive side of regression Mm -hmm. because of, you know, getting Katie and Kyrie, um, back in, but I mean, you know, teams kind of like, uh, let's talk about maybe like the thunder, you know, they had a complete rehaul, but they were within that bubble. They understood how it worked. A lot of those young guys that are going to be important roles and pieces on this team now, um, You know, got a lot of run towards the end of the bubble there for them. So look for, you know, a well-run Thunder organization to maybe have some success early in the season. Um, I'm talking about maybe some value points as far as betting, finding some spreads early on or finding some money lines that shouldn't be where they are. Yeah, that's a very valid point. So, you know, just – I'm trying to throw other – you know, maybe Houston. People might be a little low on Houston just because of all the James Harden stuff, all the pieces being moved around, Russell Westbrook, all that stuff. Phoenix is going to be – Phoenix, oh, that's a great one. Yeah, yeah, Phoenix. They're going to be very –
0: and you made a very valid point. I think that all the teams, depending on how deep they were in the bubble as far as playoffs go, they're going to have more continuity because they played a game more recent than the teams that have had a layoff like the Hawks. But they may be resting some players at the Lakers. Uh, I know LeBron only had 10 minutes the other night. AD only had 10, 11 minutes. I'm sure that they're going to be pretty well rested, you know, throughout the early part of this regular season. So they're ready for the long haul. Who They'll probably be proverbial favorites. Jimmy Butler is getting rest in the preseason as mm-hmm. well. So those high usage players on those uh, teams that are in the bubble, they're probably going to sit more games early on um, that are not on national television. If they're on, you know, their local Fox sports or whatever, NV sports, whatever local uh, station that's carrying those games, they're right. probably not going to be out there. So for betting purposes, you're going to have to check the lineups to see if they're going to be there. But as I mentioned, like a Phoenix suns so who build some continuity, got some um, momentum going in the bubble. And then you add a Chris Paul, you add Jay Crowder, you get a decent draft pick who people thought they reached on, but he looked good early on yesterday in Jalen Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the teams that are going to be, you know, be surprises, And they may shock some teams who you, you would think they would beat. Maybe they go against a Nuggets team and, you know, surprise them if they're resting Jokic or whatnot. But like I said, check the lineups every, every game because you never know who's going to be available.
1: Right. It's going to be minute to minute. Usually we would say it's a day-to-day thing, but, you know, this in the age that we're in of 2020 – um, you know, we're it's it's literally a minute to minute thing. You know, I was doing a game write up for a game yesterday, and it was going to be one of my favorite bets, and I couldn't wait to get the game write up done so I could submit it and get it out there. And I got you know halfway through the game write up and doing my research, and I went to check to see if the number had moved any which way, and the game was pulled because it got canceled. So it's um, that's just kind of where we're at, and we're you know as fans, if you want to win your fantasy leagues, but if you also want to be knowledgeable. Or sensible, and then also uh, talk, you know, up to date uh, sports stuff. You're get, I mean, it's, it's minute to minute where we're at right now. So keep your phone charge. It's like a flood. It's like a flood. Um, yes. You know, keep your
0: phone charged. Keep them notif- notifications on because, like you said, minute to minute one minute you think a game is going to be played or a player is going to be available, then boom, all of a sudden uh COVID or tracing, you know, tracing, that's going to be, yeah. Yeah, that's going to be huge one, too. It might
1: be four players.
0: That's the, you know, the knock the domino down and other pieces fall down scenario. So we got to be very vigilant when we do this. Uh So it's it's going to be tough. It's like playing a game of operation this year, I, mm-hmm. and either love or hate operation. So you guys do with that as you wish.
1: I was always bad at it. Yeah, I was, I was bad, bad too. I
0: never, I never had steady hands. Being an offensive lineman, you hit. Nah, I, and, and, I, I yeah. was
1: more of a sorry or battleship kind of guy.
0: That's why I like you, Devin. I mean, we great minds, <laughs> think Like those are great games. I play those games too.
1: Or Clue. Don't get me on the Clue board. Ooh, you are preaching right now. You, yeah. you are preaching right now. <laughs> hey, I, you know, like I said, I just moved to the Peach State. Maybe we can get like a you know game night together or something. Me, we'll you, and Allen.
0: We're ready. We're ready.
1: So, yeah. Shout out, Sirochi. Um, All right, so let's talk these preseason games. I was just kind of wanting to briskly run through them. We'll t- maybe do like a little word association with the game, throw out like a player name or a storyline we're looking at, and just kind of see where we're setting for the games for the NBA tonight. I did see as far as betting angles, and this is preseason we're talking about, guys, but it was interesting. I tweeted it out. Due, uh, it was uh, credits due to... Um, odd shark, Mr. Joe Osborne, JTFOZ, uh, real, real big wig, but real nice guy. And he um, tweeted out, you know, some information as far as, you know, the un- unders and the dogs, the dogs in the preseason are hitting at 52%. So the dogs are winning tonight. And the first game that I want to talk about, well, we'll talk about the Atlanta Memphis one, because I think that's probably the, one of the best matchups tonight. But, you know, this one stuck out to me because this was the game-winner uh, matchup but, but from Mr. Guy, and that's the Warriors and the Kings um, taking on each other just a few days after that buzzer-beater uh, dagger that the Warriors suffered. Now they're getting two points. Um, I'm kind of liking the Warriors to have a really good, efficient evening tonight. I think they'll probably win. It's going to be hard for the Kings to beat the Warriors two times in a row. Um and
0: then let's look out for some James Wiseman. I I 100% agree agree with that. I think the Warriors will bounce back. Um, if you watch that game uh, from uh, buzzer to buzzer, like I did, there's a lot of forced turnovers in the Warriors part, which led to some easy opportunities for the Sacramento Kings and then getting beat in a buzzer, beater, even though it's preseason, like you said. Um, I think he's going to fire up this team to you know play a little bit better and have the other players step up so the, sh- shoulder, the load is not all on the um, Steph Curry's shoulders, who was coming back off an of injury. But it's been really good to see Steph back, do his thing, shaking some people, hitting his patented three-point shot. But I would really like to see Wiggins have a big game tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, Wiggins needs to get get things going. Uh, ubre has been looking good early on with this team. But if they're going to really – be in the playoff this year, and I know it's early still. You're gonna to have to get. You're have gonna get a lot of Wiggins this year, which means better better percentages. Continue to buying in on the defensive end, and I think it starts in preseason. You build those good habits then. So keep your eyes on on Wiggins, guys.
1: Yeah, I hear you on that one. All right, so let's talk about the next game: Charlotte, Orlando. Obviously, Mister Isaac is still nursing his knee injury. He's not gonna be ready for this season, I don't believe. Um. If he is, it's going to be very, very late in the year. Um, Obviously, the younger ball brother being drafted to Charlotte is a storyline, but news about Gordon Hayward and his finger right as I drafted him in the sixth round happened yesterday. So there's that. Um, I'm looking at P.J. Washington. I heard that he was going to play a lot more five this year. He's going to be a little bit more of an athletic four or five option for them. And uh, as far as Orlando, Markel Fultz, it seems like he shaped his case of the yips, and I want to see how he starts to do as far as a defensive point guard, see if he can't get a couple more steals or maybe come across some, uh, you know, good uh, ratings as far as his grades on uh, man-to-man defense. Uh, Four-and-a-half point dog for Charlotte. I think I like that dog as well.
0: I do. I do too. Um, you mentioned Markel folks is a good. And obviously the Hawks played them the first two preseason games. So I saw a lot of the Orlando magic. Uh, you still got Vucevic who is a force in the paint and he can step out and shoot threes. And even with the athleticism of PJ Washington, I expect Vucevic to try to hang more in the paint and they probably have to double. And the next thing, you know, open shot for Fournier, maybe open jumper for Fultz. uh, and Aaron Gordon looks a little bit better. He looks a little motivated this year after all the trade talks over the off season of if he could be shipped out of Orlando and they're going to, they're going to have to really heavily lean upon Fournier, Vucevic and Gordon, if they're going to get back into the playoffs this year. So um, the X factor tonight, I'm going to have to say it is Aaron Gordon. Let's see how many, if he gets more minutes this game. And if he does get more minutes, I think the, that four point um, advantage, I think it holds.
1: Yeah. And um, another note on that is um, I want to see kind of how efficient um, Terrence Ross is from three-point land this year. You know, he's usually a three-and-D guy as far as fantasy purposes. Mm -hmm. But I want to see, A, how productive he is on defense, and then, B, um, if he can hit, you know, above 41% on his threes. He kind of had a down year last year. Um, Detroit, Washington – I'm really excited for Thomas Bryant and Davis Davis-Bertons. Um, they're four and a half point favorites at home. I actually, you know, I was looking at Detroit, Derrick Rose. I want to see if he gets about 20 minutes. Man, that guy, he can offer some really late round value. If you get him in the eighth or ninth round, even if you stretch it to the 10th round, getting some value out of Derrick Rose as our do-it-all point guard seems like he's finally get you know he's healthy healthy he looked great all year last year had the 50 point game um and then you know a couple other guys for Detroit you know Jeremy Grant he's getting integrated into that system then you've also got um one of the Plumlee brothers I can't remember which one I want to say Marshall um is here in Detroit now so uh four and a half point dogs for the Pistons on the road and uh didn't know if you had any any guys to look out for this or anything.
0: Um, see how many minutes Brad Beal gets. Uh, mm-hmm. Brad Beal, who definitely got disrespected last year, not getting all NBA, not getting an all-star nod last year. I think he's going to be motivated. And He even said, um, I know Russ is going to be out this game, but um, – He said that Russ is going to really elevate his play this year. So they're going to be an X factor, a wild card in the Eastern Conference to look out this year. And I think they're going to continue to build continuity. Watch out for those young guys. Danny, I see you. Danny, as well as Roy Hachimura, who's entering his second year. Uh, They're they're, they're going to be an interesting team to watch out. So I definitely take the Wizards in that game.
1: Yeah, Sorry, I turned the phone off here. Oh, no, you're fine. (laughs) Busy, I definitely uh, want to see how Hachimura bounces back from last year. Um, you know, he had some injuries, unfortunately, when he was getting, man, oh, man, there we go. When he was getting rolling, just back-to-back calls, today. Like, bam, 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 bam. Uh, the trap he, phone. Yes. <laughs> hey, no. no. <shh>. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, the health of Hachimura is going to be huge. Like you said, coming into his second year, the kid's explosive. He's an efficient scorer. We saw that at Gonzaga. He's athletic. He's long. He, you know, can play some really good defense. And um, a huge addition to this Washington team, I think, not a lot of people's talking about, is going to be the Lopez brother, Robin. Yes. Um, because, you know, I, was, I saw someone on Twitter the other day, and apparently he stopped a drill – and, you know, didn't like how it was being run. It was a rebounding drill. And so what it sounds to me is he wanted the young guys to maybe put a little more effort into rebounding. So I like that philosophy, that idea. Russell Westbrook's there now. He's got the continuity with Scott Brooks. It was his first NBA coach. So look for Washington to maybe be a team to bet on early in the season as well as to get over their season win total. And then the next game that we can talk about. Let's go ahead and talk about Memphis and Atlanta. I don't want to make either one of us wait any much longer. Um, Two and a half point road dog for Atlanta right now. Memphis, obviously, Jaron Jackson Jr. is nursing that knee injury, but they have some really great depth pieces around him. They've also got guys like Brandon Clark, uh, DeAndre Melton, obviously, who was a deering fantasy player last year towards the end. Then you've got... um, Ja Morant obviously I want to see what Valanchunas does I just spent a I want to say fourth round draft pick on him so I want to see what goes on there and then obviously you got some things to watch for the Hawks uh tonight in this game I like the Hawks getting points I think that they win they're plus 115 on the money line they got a lot of pieces to play with and that's usually good for the preseason
0: yeah there's a lot of toys to play with but I know going into the game uh, there is some question marks. Uh, Clint Capella is probable. Uh Herter is probable. Reddish is probable. And Rondo is questionable going into tonight's game. So a lot, depending on who is available tonight, uh, they still got Trey Young, still got DeAndre Hunter, still got Gallo, you still have, you know, who am I miss, missing? Uh Collins. I'm sorry. I can't I can't forget JC. My bad, JC. But sorry, they, JC. They, they, they they still have pieces available. Both teams have some. Injuries on both sides, but if the Hawks are healthier, I think it gives them a chance to win. But the problem with the Hawks is they have a trouble with penetrating guards. As far as pen guards on the other team who could really penetrate that defense, get into the paint and finish, and that's John Morant's John Morant, game. Yeah. John Morant is you know one of the already one of the best in the league, getting into the paint with his athleticism and explosiveness and his handles early in his in his in his NBA tenure. Mm-hmm. So, and he's gonna have to shoulder the load with JJJ still out. Uh, Dylan Brooks is going to have to knock down shots. Valanchunas, who you mentioned, has been having a really great preseason, averaging about 17 and a half points and six and a half boards here in the preseason. So he's going to have to really battle in the paint, especially if Capella is there. There's going to be a good battle back and forth to see between those two. But I will take the Hawks in this game over the Grizzlies, but it'll be a very, very competitive game down to the wire, even though it's preseason. And I think they're going to both go down to the end of their benches because they're going to need it.
1: Yeah, and um, this is all really good, you know, minute usage for the Hawks. You know, we keep talking yes. about the youth. So whoever it is that gets minutes tonight and whoever it is that plays, this is going to be re- a really – it's really great runtime for them, you know. It's very mm-hmm. beneficial for the development and also, you know, the skill sets and whatnot. You know, it's – it's like I said, the core of this team, you guys got it going on right now. That's um, right. Yeah. Yeah. And so with that being said, want to pivot on to the next game where we got more Hawks stuff to talk about since, you know, that's your area of expertise.
0: You know what? The world, the world is your oyster, man. We can talk more Hawks, uh, but we can, there's certainly some other matchups tonight that, you know, I might have an opinion about or two, but like I said, I'm, I'm I'm following your lead, Devin. I'm following your lead.
1: All right, well, we'll just cruise through the last three preseason games. I'm sure we'll get more Hawks coverage and talk in side note tangents within the show. Um, So San Antonio taking on Houston. They're getting four and a half points, San Antonio, that is, on the road. I actually, man, I like all the dogs tonight, honestly. I might just put a little miracle, like, prayer, hail, Mary, $5 parlay together with all dogs on the spread because, honestly, I'm liking this, all these lines. It dropped from five, so some betting – Uh, money's coming in on the Spurs to the four and a half mark. And uh, we got the Spurs and the Rockets. Does James Harden play? Is he playing? Is he practicing? I know
0: he's practicing. He played last game. Okay. And I think with Boogie and Wall going to be out for rest tonight. I would expect James Harden to get out there so he can get more into shape and get up to speed with this offense, which I think will affect the spread a little bit there. But especially with having Boogie and Wall out and you still have continuity with the Spurs, even though they weren't, it was their first losing season in some odd years in San Antonio. Just to have all those pieces back and everybody bought into what they're doing in San Antonio is going to give them a the leg up in this game early on. Yeah. And obviously we, we forgot about Steven Silas, new coach. Uh, oh, yes. Well, so that's going to be a factor.
1: Yeah, he uh, came over from the Mavericks coaching staff. Yes. So he's got a really nice approach with the international game. So it's going to be really um, interesting to see what he does to orchestrate this team's offense and tempo. Like you said, Spurs continuity, you got pop there. Um Houston, um, you said – Boogie and Wall is sitting with, with rest. Um, yes. I wanted to bring up Boogie because, man, did, I don't know if you saw his line or his box score from the other night, but it was yeah. he, he looked pretty good. You know, he did. Yes, um, he did. Um, and uh, he actually just went in the seventh round of my draft. Like the round, co- the, the snake was coming back to me. I wasn't going to take him in the seventh or eighth, but if I could get him in the ninth, I, I, I think he – I mean, I think he gets fifth round value this year if he stays healthy. I mean, uh, if right. he goes back to, you know, even mediocre Boogie Cousins, you know, like that's dang good for the, you know, eighth to, I'd say seventh to ninth rounds depending on your league format.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree because you're going to get a guy who's going to shoot his, hit his three-pointers. He's going to get boards. He's a underrated passer as a big man. So he's going to get assist and he's, pretty efficient on the floor so he's yeah. gonna have some decent uh percentages as well if you're in the nicad league so uh boogie could be a wonderful late round value obviously like you said staying healthy he might have some dmp so that's something that people have to take in consideration yeah, but 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 yeah but if you are strategizing around that and you have some pretty good bigs in front front of him. And when you're drafting, if, I mean, you could take a flyer out on a boogie, if you already have a, a Jokic in front or an Aiton or one of these other centers are going to have a really good year this year A Nurkic, if you can stay healthy, yeah, then then you could take a flyer on a DeMar, uh, DeMarcus Cousins.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's the reason I was going to take a flyer on them because I got the Val and the Vooch, uh, the <laughs> flying V's. Um, flying V, I like that. <laughs> so I was, I think that's going to be the team name this year to start. I always change my team name up. My fantasy football team right now is Chubblebutt because of <laughs> Nick Chubb. And then it was the La Marvelous Jackson 5, but he, I had to bench him for a couple weeks because he was playing like doo-doo. Yeah. So, and, um, and, I, and
0: I think your team mascot needs to be the Mighty Ducks mascot. If you're going to be a flying V, oh, I think it yeah. needs to be the Mighty Duck mascot. I'll just like
1: get a, a still from the movie of the goalie. What's his name? Um
0: oh was it Gold, goldberg goldberg yeah yeah goldberg. Or just
1: like a picture of the back of his jersey or something that would yes. be, my, that, would be right. that would be tough it's settled it's settled all right gambling is not the only thing we figure out here it's fantasy team names and icons it's uh, very
0: important very important <laughs> for, crucial like for i status. said
1: all encompassing all encompassing so two more games i know we keep saying we're going to briefly get through these nba games but we're passionate guys and gals so Please just bear with us. Minnesota-Dallas. Minnesota getting six and a half points. Cat, D'Lo, Anthony Edwards. I love Anthony Edwards. I think he wins Rookie of the Year. And uh, I want to see what happens as far as how they try to round out their, you know, You know, with like Josh Akogi, you got John Lehman in there still, kind of a poor man's Gordon Hayward. Uh, you got some other players in there that I'm probably – oh, Ricky Rubio came back to Minnesota. So, um, yeah, and then, of course, I'm a Mavericks fan. So, Luca. I want to see what uh, Dwight Powell does. You know, he had some health issues. If he's playing tonight, I'm not sure if he is. Um and then I want to see how we incorporate our draft picks. I think they'll probably get a decent amount of run. Carlisle usually lets his rookies run in the preseason. Um, but six and a half points from Minnesota. Yeah, again, like I said, I like these dogs tonight.
0: Hollis Jefferson, who is now in the T-Wolves now. Oh, who yeah, I forgot. Did, he was with
1: the Raptors last year. Yeah. Yes,
0: and D'Lo said that he was one of the his favorite players that he played with when he was in Brooklyn. Right. He was kind of like that stabilizing force in the mm-hmm. locker room, and he really likes him. And, and he's had a really good preseason. He looks really well. He looks really motivated, as he looks like he's probably going to get more minutes in Minnesota. And you mentioned Rubio. So very interesting assortment of guys in that locker room. Mm-hmm. But I can't wait to see how it's going to unfold. And I know they come to Atlanta pretty early, in the, in the season, they play on NBA TV. So if you guys have NBA TV, tune in for that game, Minnesota, Atlanta, here in the ATL. And it'll be the homecoming of Anthony Edwards, who was an Atlanta kid. So it'll be a very fun thing to watch. And then obviously the Mavericks, who a lot of people are calling a dark horse, and Luke is going to look to have an MPV, MVP year. Sorry. And uh, I like the Josh Richardson pickup. I love that pickup. Mm-hmm. You keep Hardaway Jr. You still have Brunson who I like as a backup point guard. Um my my homie Justin. Shout out Justin. His cousin, uh Finney Smith, is a very underrated player in my opinion, especially what he can do in a defensive end. And then his not knocking the timely three and D uh three threes down. So three and D guy through and through. So I like I like the Mavericks and they I think they made some really good draft picks. So I I want to see. How you know, like I said, Carlisle lets them loose and they're going to compete. And because Carlisle expects his teams to compete night in, night out, so be a fun game to watch.
1: Well, he treats his young guys like he treats his five year veterans, like you said, com- com- competing, you know, that you have to do that if you're going to play for him, yes. And, um, like you said, the Josh Richardson thing, you know, if we could have retained Seth Curry to keep some of that three point percentage mm-hmm. um, from last year's team. This team, I would like probably a little bit more. But I love the 3 and D aspect of Josh Richardson. I do yes. like the increase of defense that we get with him. And then Brunson's second year now, I think. Or is it his third? Second or third year?
0: I think it's his third year. Third. And I wanted to ask you something as a Mavericks fan. I know huh? that some other Mavericks fans were, um, felt the same way as you do letting Seth Curry go. But I thought that with the loss of Steven Seidel, who's really the architect of that defense in the Mavericks, for them to go defensive-minded – because if you lose the architect of the defense, just like LSU lost the architect of their offense last year in Joe Brady, and look at their offense this year, it's not the same. And obviously they lose a lot of players, but that's neither here nor there. But here in Dallas, you lose the architect of that defense, so you bring in more capable on-ball defenders, which you know Dallas was respectable on the defensive end because of Steven Silas and that structure. But I think they went that approach to really kind of shape things around Luka Doncic. And I think that's really going to help stop some people from scoring on you because you know offensively you guys are one of the most efficient offenses in the NBA so that's something I'll look look at carefully as the season progresses for the Mavericks
1: you know give all credit to Silas for the things he did and you know obviously he's a head coach now so he did a lot of things right but if we all would you know remember Rick Carlisle's a really great defensive coach that's kind of kind of what he built his persona on when he was a in Indiana and as an assistant before that um, you know, that he, he's just kind of got in his blood, that, you know, the defensive, you know, work hard kind of measures because that's how he was on those Boston teams, um, the, the roles that he carved out. So I think he expects a little bit or much of the same mm-hmm. of his teams. And, um, you know, like I said, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see, I think we promoted within, so at least there's that continuity to fill the hole of Silas. Yeah. Um, but it's gonna be interesting to see, how, uh, you know, much control Rick Carlisle has over the defensive schemes, the game plans, and, you know, it could be an upgrade for us this year because I think he's been out of the defensive, not out of, but, you know, as far as completely implementing everything it is that he wants to do, um, it's been a couple years since he's really done that. Yeah. So, but no, that's a great, great point, and I actually hadn't considered it until now, um, until you thought about it. And uh, brought it up on the show. So,
0: perspective baby. Yeah,
1: that's why we get people on here. So, um, oh, man, you said the baby. Th- it made me think of the Kawhi Leonard, what it do, baby. It would do, what baby? it do, baby. There's a remix out there. Y'all need to look up. It's like a minute 45 long. It's worth it. He's like, what it do? What it do? <laughs> yeah. They get Serge Ibaka in there too. It's great. So, it um, could be an R&B top charter. I'm so
0: glad they're back together in L.A. I'm so glad. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Those guys are fun together. Well, speaking of L.A. and the Clippers and Serge Baca and Kawhi Leonard, they're taking on the Jazz plus four for the Jazz on the road. Um, You know, I'm sure the Clippers are probably going to have a decent amount of inactives here tonight. Have you seen anything as far as rest profiles or, like, who is going to be doing what in tonight's matchup?
0: I have not seen a lot on the Clippers' side – um, I was going to say that if they do play, it's going to be really interesting to see how many minutes uh, people play as far as when I mean people. I'm talking about the top two you know, people who are going to carry this team and are going to get most of the money. I'm talking about yeah, contractually in Kawhi and PG. I want to see how many minutes they get. I want to see if PG is going to back up that I'm going to have an MPP type year. I'm back with my old trainer talk that he put out. On uh, all the smoke, which is, you know, he's just putting out smoke because that's what he does, but really interested to see how they go continue to infuse in M- see how many minutes he will play tonight as it may be a precursor to how many minutes he plays during the regular season. He, him getting a little bit up in age. Zubach. I still like Zubach. They still have Lou Will. Um, so, But this team is going gonna, is gonna to be depending on how well the, those top two players carry carry the load. And on the other side, you know, Donovan Mitchell is Donovan Mitchell. But I'm really looking for Mike Conley to have a bounce back here if he can stay healthy. If he can stay healthy and as well as uh, Boyan Bogdanovich, the mm-hmm. other Bogdanovich. They're not brothers, but uh, I'm, but they're distant cousins, the cousins. But if those two can stay healthy and you have Jordan Clarkson off the bench, you still have Gobert. I like the Jazz. I think they're for sure a playoff team in the West. Uh, A lot of people may try to bump them out because of the Warriors and the Suns, but you you can't go against continuity. Snyder's been there for so many years. They're really good defensively, and if they can stay healthy and they have another year together, I think they'll be even better this year.
1: Yeah, I agree, and don't tell David this, but I I, I think the Grizz fall out of the playoffs this year. I think the Southwest division... The, the heavy hitters, um, you know, I think New Orleans is going to take their spot. Uh, so I think the Grizz probably fall out of the playoffs uh, in the West this year. Yeah. But, don't um, tell them
0: unless, uh, unless you really want those Bucks Grizzly tickets. Oh, yeah. Don't tell them.
1: <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, guys, uh, David Williams over on our Hootball Grizz podcast. So, yeah, go give him a follow in the Hootball Grizz podcast on Twitter follow the instructions of some of the tweets that he's put out, and then you'll be entered in to win a chance to go to the Bucks and the Grizz game for this season. I can't remember the exact date, but, of course, it's, you know, later on to ensure safety protocols for COVID and whatnot. And then also right now, guys, I'm going to talk about mybookie.ag before we pivot over onto some college basketball and whatever else we talk about. Um, and, you know, you know the drill. Use promo code hootball. H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L. But for our new listeners that don't, these guys over at mybookie.ag have phenomenal customer service. There's diverse games that you can get on. You can't just get on there and do one thing. You've got, it's like a candy shop. They have blackjack, multiple hand blackjack, which I really like. They've got slot games. I'm telling you, I signed my Gmail up for one of these. My dad has one. My little brother has one. My uncle has one. And they all do something different on it my dad my uncle they like the casino games um my little brother he just bets whatever i say on the podcast and um yeah so it's a fun family affair you should make it that way for you as well so use Hootball, sign you and all your family up over the fireplace and the eggnog and stuff this holiday season have some fun play some blackjack win some money you get a hundred percent initial deposit bonus so make sure to check that out and um Use that promo code Hootball over at mybookie.ag. Bet, win, get paid. All right. So we are going to talk a little bit about some college games um, that I am eyeballing right now. So there's a couple of big matchups tonight, but as far as my picks go and as far as what's going to be within the wager pass, um you know, it's already submitted the wager passes, but the game that I like a lot it doesn't tip till later on. Um, but I will say, it's a first half bet, and it involves Omaha uh, of Nebraska taking on Wyoming. And then I'm p- taking a straight up money line pick, uh, and I gave this pick out as a free pick on Twitter of Drexel over St. Joe's. Money line is at minus 140, a little bit of juice, but Drexel is a way, way more efficient team. And um, they've played a couple more games this year, so it's helped that defense gel a little bit more. And then they rank within the top 100 in all sorts of defensive categories and metrics. So I overall, uh, overall, I believe that the more efficient squad is Drexel, and they got a little bit more depth. They returned some more guys last year. The one thing that bothers me about this game and scares me a little is St. Joe's has played some competition. They only lost by six against Auburn, but Auburn's not who we thought they were. That's my saving grace on that. And then they've played Kansas, KU. They scored 30 points in the first half against Kansas. That's pretty good. But I overall think as far as these two teams head-to-head goes, I like Drexel's chances. Um, And so as far as the big matchups go, uh, Brad, you and I talked off air about this Kansas and Texas Tech matchup. And it's obviously ranked teams, two of the more favorite teams in the Big 12 outside of Baylor. Um, but Baylor's paused all activities due to COVID, so they can't really say much as far as being the number one team in that conference because they're not playing right now. But Kansas and Texas Tech, you know, this game is proverbially for first place. Um, so I'm looking to see, you know, the, the spread has moved all over the place. It opened up three. It was at one and a half for Kansas being the road dog. Now it's settled back up to the two and a half. It, it's just all over the place. And so I generally don't know what to make heads of ta- heads or tails with these big 12 matchups normally. And I watch a lot of big 12 basketball cause I grew up in it in big 12 County. Uh, I'm an Oklahoma state fan, but you know, I typically do stay away from these big 12 games, especially ones like this where I can't make sense of the line. And when Vegas can't make sense of it or betters, it's just all over the place. And, um, I, uh, I think it's going to be a great game as far as the college basketball fans' uh, worry is concerned. I think there's a decent amount of points scored, maybe a first half over is in play. Defenses lock in, settle in in the second half, and we see some really good coaching from Bill Self and Chris Beard. These two teams could both be in the Elite Eight or Final Four, in my opinion.
0: I agree with that tech these are both really great programs obviously kansas is historic one of the big 12 so many years in a row and this is the first year they're not favorite because baylor is favored to win the big 12 this year uh, and then you have texas tech with mac mcclung and others and you miss mentioned chris beard a coach doing a wonderful job there i know lsu who i'm a fan of has to take on texas tech a little later in the in the year in a couple weeks actually so that's gonna be a really big game so i'm gonna be watching this game very closely and if this game had fans there, uh, they th- you know they have some very magical performances at Texas Tech, whether it's on a football field or a basketball, co- basketball court in that arena there, and they get loud for their Red Raiders. But with with very little to no fans, Devin, do you know if they're going to have fans in
1: attendance for this game? I'm going to assume no. Um, I'm not sure exactly what the Big 12's protocol is or what the University of Texas Tech is doing. Um, the state of Texas either, so I'm I'm not a hundred percent educated on that one.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know I've seen some Texas Longhorns games and they had a couple fans in there, so might be a few in there, but I think that that you know advantage of home court advantage is taken out. And I think that the, the team with the better talent will win ultimately win this game. And I think that's going to be Kansas. You said the blueprint, high-scoring first half, high stakes. They're going to Texas Tech is going to be up for this game. And then they both kind of settle in. And then it comes to who can make the big shots. And I think that Kansas has more players that can hit big shots. And they play tougher competition early on. And we talked about the coaching. And I think that ultimately Kansas will get this game today. But it's going to be a very entertaining game. For sure. And I mean, if Texas Tech wins, it would not be a surprise to me. Like you said, they both have elite eight capabilities because they both have great players and depth, which is going to be key this year as far as, you know, the, and it's key every year as far as March Madness and getting hot. So, Very, I would, I wish this was later in the season. I really wish this was one of those games later in the season, but it's a treat that we get this right before Christmas or early Christmas gift to big 12 fans and college fans everywhere, but I'm going to take Kansas in this one.
1: Yeah. I think Kansas is the play to go just because they offer the most value with these teams being so evenly matched up and I'll just kind of run across the board Sure. You know, average score margin plus plus ten and a half for Kansas plus 23.7 for Texas tech. But KU has played some teams. I think KU's played Duke. Um, here I'll pull up the dual game log right now, but they've played Duke. They played, uh, they beat Creighton. They beat Creighton at home. They did not play Duke. They played Kentucky. They played Gonzaga for their first game. Um, good old Washburn. We talked about (laughs) Washburn. We talked about (laughs) Washburn. Uh, (laughs) Kansas connection there. Um, 65-61, they beat North Dakota State, so that was a little bit close. They only beat Creighton by one, but Creighton, they're a top 10 team. They're one of the most efficient teams, and we're going to talk about their game next because I, I like the total to go over And that. Spoiler alert, sorry. I didn't even do any foreshadowing. I just like, jumped the gun. Um, and then Texas Tech, you know, they've played teams like Northwestern State, Sam Houston State. They lost to Houston by 11. Houston's a, you know, Final Four uh, dark horse futures bet. Troy, Grambling State, Abilene Christian, they only beat them by seven. Abilene Christian's going to be in the NCAA tournament, in my opinion. Texas AM and Corpus Christi. So that's who Texas Tech's played. Based off strength of schedule and what Kansas had to go through, based off the talent that they lost from last year, And then the depth that they've lost, you know, I think losing Ozabuki was big, but I think it's actually going to help them because it's not going to make it to where it's a -a hack-a-shack approach for the opposing team. Yeah, The fact that he couldn't hit free throws, it was just too enticing not to pass up. And that's actually how Texas Tech beat them last year, um, was that same exact approach. But they've got Oshai and Joby. Um, They've got uh, Devon Dotson, I believe, is still within the program. Mm -hmm. They've got um, Billy – oh, I can't – ever or Marcus Gilbert. I'm sorry, Marcus Gilbert, real nice wing player. Long, can play defensively, kind of reminds me of a Jeremy Grant. Um, So, yeah, Kansas, I think, is the pick to make in this. I want to make sure no one serious is on the injury report. Looks like Texas Tech has Kevin McCollar, which is a guard on the 6th of December it was updated that his ankle injury is going to keep him out so I don't think anything too too crazy as far as production for Texas Tech will be lost and I just want to check a couple matchup stats here you know we got a really close matchup like I said so it's really just going to be coming down to the nitty-gritty of the small things and you know, I'm a proponent for defense and rebounds and not turning the ball over. And both these teams are right at 35% for offensive rebound percentage, effective field goal percentage. Kansas is at 49%. Texas Tech's at 50. Um, and opponent effective field goal percentage. This is the big one. Kansas is going to have to hit their shots because Texas Tech has a 40.3% opponent effective field goal percentage. Kansas allows 47%. Um, turnover percentage, both at 14%. Kansas has a slight edge at 14.4 versus Texas Tech's 14.9. So, yeah. just some things to keep an eye out on within the game. You know, look for those loose balls, those 50 50 balls, the possession arrows. Um, that's what it's going to come down to. And when a game is this close, uh, I think you got to take the more value pick. And um, uh, Kansas plus money on the money line, I think you just avoid the spread and you just kind of roll with it because I think they actually just win this game.
0: Yes, and you mentioned something very valuable that they, Texas Tech did beat Kansas last year, so a little bit of, you know, intrinsic motivation already on KU's part, and then like you mentioned, the schedule, they play tougher teams, early on versus what Texas tech schedule. I mean, you'll, you you, you, beat who you're scheduled to beat. I mean, you're, you're scheduled to play. I mean, that's just, that's just how it is, but tougher opponents early on. And when the game gets tough, I know Texas tech did have that one scare, but, and, but it's like I said, K, KU's had a scare too. So I think I'm going to get, yes, right. You go with Kansas in this one. Um, I think, I mean, it, it just, it just makes sense.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll pivot over to one other college game that I mentioned that we would talk about, and then we'll get on to the NFL action for tonight, and we'll hit on that briefly and briskly before we roll on out of here. And um, looking at this Creighton-St. John's game, for one, St. John's returned pretty much their whole team and their whole coaching staff, so I love the fact that they're getting six points. I think it's gone up to actually seven in some places. They're at home. Creighton coming in, one of the most efficient teams in the country on offense and defense, scoring 85 points a game, a plus 15.2 point differential. They are have they are shooting the ball ridiculous. Effective field goal percentage is at 59.3. St. John's at 50%, so they're not too shabby themselves. Now the problem is St. John's allows a 56% opponent effective field goal percentage. So I'm thinking a lot of points are gonna be scored here because both these offenses are efficient these familiar foes know how to play against each other. And then I believe here, let me check the injury report. Yeah. So Creighton's got uh, three guys that have been ruled out since the later parts of November. So I think the lack of depth is going to hurt them. Rasheem Dunn, the guard for uh, one of the guards for uh, St. John's looks like he was rolled out on the 11th uh, of December for a concussion. So he's still in protocol. And then I just like the efficiency of both of these teams, what they're able to do um, and as far as being able to put the ball in the bucket. And uh, you know, it's just gonna be, it's gonna be a oh, I don't know how to how to put this. It's gonna be a really good game to watch, is all I'm trying to say. Got great coaches on both sides. You got McDermott, you got Chris Mullins, NBA Hall of Famer coaching the Red Storm, his alma mater. Um, so there's another storyline there. I always love seeing, you know, some of my favorite players out there coaching it up. It's really exciting. And then um, I want to mention the fact that, you know, this game did open at 161 and half on the total. It's come all the way down to 158. Now, I talked about how I like the over, but I was talking about the first half. I like the first half over because, you know, these two teams play good defense when they need to. And I absolutely like the idea that both these teams kind of lock each other down a little bit towards the stretch. And then we barely miss that 158 to 160 mark. So I'm going to play the first half. Really like the first half as an option here. Um, It's going to be pretty high, pretty steep. You're going to see 73s. You're going to be seeing 74s but I still believe there's value in it. Both these teams score a lot in the first half, and then they kind of get into a defensive mindset in the second half. So with that being said, St. John's getting points is enticing. That's a lean for me. I'm not taking it, but I like the under full game. If you still can find a 160 out there, go for it. It's going to be hard to find. But um, over the first half, but under full game, kind of going reverse action. And uh, it's going to be a very interesting game to watch.
0: I agree. It's going to be very interesting. And um, I know they both are winless in the big East right now. So they're going to want to get their first win in the big East, in big East play just to set themselves up to maybe, you know, get some accolades in the regular season, obviously set themselves up as far as the big East tournament goes. So, Cross-country trip for Creighton. Like I said, they're, move, they're going to the Big Apple to play at St. John. So travel is a factor on Creighton's point. So I think you take the under, like you said, overall. Um, I think it's going to be le- less point score total, and St. John's is going to be up going against the number nine team in the nation in the Creighton Blue Jays. So I agree you you take St. John's. I, I see them pulling up the upset tonight uh, for a big game. And like you said, it's something about having – someone who played in that program coaching, the passion, the, you know, the love that, that admiration that they have for their alma mater. I mean, when you look at Chris Mullen coaching the red storm and St. John's and he's going to get them, he's going to get them ready. He's going to get them, you know, ready and motivated as that. No one comes in our house and wins, no matter how many people are going to be in the stands, you know, only people that matter are the five that are on the court at that time, and then the people on the bench. And that's the message that I'm sure Chris Mullis is going to give his team tonight, and they're going to be up and ready to play for uh, against these Blue Jays of Creighton.
1: Now, don't get me wrong; the Creighton Blue Jays do have a scary offense, like I said, they do they're very efficient. But yes. I love the St. John's nitty grittiness. I will just throw a couple numbers out there for Creighton, you know, just to keep an eye on their two point percentage. They shoot 61.9% on their two-point field goals for eighth best in the country. Field goals made per game, they're 13th best in the country at 31.3. And I bring these up because St. John's, are, they're going to have to clean up in a few areas on defense because right now they're ranked above 200 in a couple of different, you know, mostly, you know, like three points made and allowed. Um, but they play good defensively in some spots. They're going to have to create some havoc, maybe run a 3 court three quarters court press or whatever that three-fourths press and uh, maybe try to take some half set um, play running ability from Creighton away to give themselves a couple of you know different opportunities yes and you know these teams have been I think the total is coming from recency bias you know with the total it's Gone over for St. John's in their last two games, and the last to- two totals have been set at 152 and a half and 155 and They also flew over 144 and 149, and um, I think that's just going to be taken into consideration with this huge 160 number at the opening bell. Both teams score over 80 points a game. I think that's also being oversold based off competition. Um, so. I think it's huge for St. John's to um, take advantage of whatever turnovers they get, and then they've got to they've got to create a few extra possessions for themselves and not allow Creighton to pick their pocket because Creighton or I'm sorry, uh, St. John's can be a little loose with the ball from time to time. Good news for St. John's though is that they actually are the fifth ranked team in steals per game at 11.8, and they get a steal on 13.5 percent of the total plays that their opponents run so yeah. that's good they got to stay out of foul trouble and um let that youth uh depth help when they need it behind their returning starters a couple of great matchups tonight um in the big east uh, so lots of stuff to check out collegiately professionally we talked about all the preseason games let's switch over to the gridiron now to wrap this show up what do you think boss All right. So we will uh, talk about the uh, divisional matchup between the Chargers and the Raiders tonight. As we heard on the show last night, yesterday, Vince was big on the Raiders, going to have some wagers put on them on the spread and the money line. I dropped a couple units on the money line. A little too much juice for me to give out on the wager pass or on Twitter. It's at minus 165. But right now, the Raiders are a three-point favorite, and it hasn't really moved too much either which way, but I do believe this is a spot that the Raiders get right. they got to win this game to keep their playoffs, um, their playoff alive, uh, dreams alive. And um, Thursday night football, uh, call it primetime time if you want. The unders come down from 55 down to 51 and a half. So a lot of people thinking that it's going to be a close divisional game that goes under. I've actually been tracking a system that supports that, and I don't think I'm pulling the trigger quite yet on that just because I want to see a lot of points scored, but the Raiders need to get the job done. Uh, Mr. Harden, you were on the gridiron, um, you know, collegiately, and you love football. So let's get, you know, your take on this Raiders game tonight and uh, see what kind of opinion you have on it. Do you think the Raiders get the job done tonight?
0: I think they get the job done. Uh, Like you said, they're in desperation mode. They they need to keep winning games to put themselves in position to, you know, be in the playoff hunt because in the AFC, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough right now. There's a lot of teams bunched up trying to get there, and I know that even though, you know, the Patriots did, you know, they won 45 to nothing against this Chargers team that we're talking about tonight, but they come and lay an egg against the Rams. So they're a little bit of Jekyll and Hyde and that uncertainty there. So Derek Carr has been playing a lot better as of late since they're, you know, lost, since they lost to the Chiefs. And then they went and got walloped here in Atlanta by the Falcons. They have really kind of had to look within and they have to, and they're and starting a little resurgence here because they're going to, they're going to need it. Now, they have some injuries on the defensive end, which is going to play to the Chargers' favor. But the Chargers have some injuries as well. Um, And, you know, Keenan Allen is questionable right now. And he is their, you know, wide receiver one. They have – Mike
1: Williams has a back injury too.
0: Yes. And then you have uh, Brian Balaga, who's a real Uh good offensive tackle. He's not going to be available. Austin Eckler, who they just got back, is going to be questionable. Denzel Perryman is doubtful. James was just put on the IR. Yeah, and that's a huge blow. Derwin James is a really, really good young safety, so it's. I'm glad to get Trey Turner back for the guard position, but injuries on both sides. But it's going to come down to who wants them more, and I think that the Raiders, although that, you know you know what they're going to do. They're going to run the ball. They're going to they're going to pound you. They're going to try to keep the ball away from Herbert's hands because we know that. You know, he's big, he's athletic, he can throw the ball. And when he gets out out in space, he, he can be, you know, he can be trouble for the defense, especially on a defense that has a lot of injuries. So the best thing to do is to keep the ball out of their hands. continue to do like they do, which I know if you have Nelson Aguilar on fantasy and any of the wide receivers or Darren Waller, Darren Waller is always going to get his touches. He's always going to get his mm-hmm. touches. That's what I mean. He's one of the best tight ends in the league, I would say easily top six, top six to be safe, but do you know, they're going to run a ball with Jacobs. They're going to get uh, Booker involved as well. They're going to just pound, pound, pound that Chargers defense, and then look for some play option, play action opportunities uh, down the stretch. So I'm going to give that nod to the Raiders who were trying to round into the, into form. And like I said, make the, make the playoffs. Cause if you look at the standings now, and in, in the AFC, they're second in the in the AFC West, which is great. That's that's great, but they're, they're not going to catch the Chiefs. So, no. the best case scenario is to you know make it in the wild card. And when you look at the wild card right now, as it stands, the Raiders, like I said, are in spitting distance, but they're like I said, they're not going to catch the bill the Bills, who are leading that division. And right now, it is the Raiders who got a big win and they're resurging right now. So they're going to have to keep pace with them. You have Miami who has a tough matchup this week against the Patriots and the Patriots, you know, could
1: help could, them out.
0: Yeah. It could help them out there. The Colts who are, you know, trending upwards, they have a really good defense. Phillip rivers is not turning the ball over as much. They have the Texans in the division matchup. You never know there and the Browns have a, you know, a game against the Giants and Freddie Kitchens, who uh, Jason Garrett, who's going to be out with COVID, who was the offensive coordinator for the Giants. Freddie Kitchens was the head coach for the Browns. It was fired a year ago, and he's going to be calling the offense for the Giants against the Browns, which could be an interesting dynamic there. He knows that defense. He knows that personnel. He it's a different scheme, but still he knows those players. So he knows how to attack them. So there could be an opportunity for them to sneak into the playoffs, but they're going to have, if they're going to do that, they're going to have to win against the Chargers. So I think I will give the Raiders a nod tonight.
1: Yeah. And it's about coaching for me. Look how Anthony, Anthony Lynn mismanages games at the half, at the end of the quarter uh, in the red zone. seems like he does it the most in the red zone. Yeah. But then you got John Gruden, you know, say what you want about him, be old school, you know, old dog trying to learn new tricks. He shouldn't have come back, whatever. He's a hundred million dollar coaches. man. Yeah. He's <laughs> one of the best coaches. Yes. Ever. Yeah. Um, he's,
0: he's building, he's building something there in in Oakland and they had confidence wins against the chiefs this year, but they've lost some bad ones. So they're still, they're, they're still in the building phase where you're going to win some big ones, but lose some winnable games and, I know you mentioned Anthony Lynn and the Chargers. They falter usually towards the end of the game, and then they won on a last-second field goal against Atlanta last week. So is the curse broken? So maybe that mental, that, the mental stigma for the Chargers, may, they think it may be broken, but I, I expect the Raiders to just wear this team out, wear, try to wear them out early, and go ahead and get out of there and get a win tonight on Thursday night.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. And then, you know, just to remind the folks, uh, even though I agree, you know, I, I am concerned and, you know, worried about the big hole that's going to be left by Abrams being out with his concussion. Cause you know, that young kid, boy, if he could just stay on the football field, he, he'd be all American here soon, or all all NFL here soon. Oh, okay. um, Just a much younger Jamal Adams, in my opinion, kid just flies around. He's physical, plays in the box. He's great in coverage. He's aggressive. So he over, you know, overshoot sometimes because he's going for that ball, but I mean, he's got great body control for a defender. He's a ball hawk, and he, he you know, he uses his head, you know, physically and mentally on the defense. He, he calls plays for them when he's out there yeah very good
0: player but i know that they uh, he, they've missed him a couple of games this year so it won't be too much of an adjustment for that defense uh, without him because they're used to him missing some time but i, I 100% agree if he can stay on the on the field He is an exceptional talent and he is a guy who will lay you out. He looks to lay you out. So I know you guys have seen that commercial where the guy had to get tackled by uh, James Harrison. He was terrified. Uh, That's how some people ball carriers feel when Abrams is on the, on, on the field. So uh, you like rightfully so big blow, but they are, they are kind of used to him being out. Unfortunately.
1: Correct. Yeah. He does have a little of that injury bug. And also Paul Gunther, defensive coordinator. I mentioned this yesterday on the show. He was fired this week. So we'll see how the players form around that. And uh, maybe they like the coordinator behind him a little bit better, which is why the push was you know, made. Um, that so, interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, keep an eye on that. I think the defense, nonetheless, is going to be playing for John Gruden, not Paul Gunther. So. And they know they have a shot at the playoffs. So keep an eye on that. But, um, well, that, that'll do it on the, or in the uh, you know, gridiron. And uh, for the Thursday night game tonight, like I said, it's a divisional game. It's going to be good. It's going to be close. All around as a hootball team, sounds like we like the Raiders in this bounce back spot to keep their playoff pushes uh, going. And um, once again, you know, the host today was me, but the most gracious host – or, I'm sorry, the most gracious guest – was uh mr harden brad jarrett on twitter uh and again at hootball hawks i can't say much more other than you know high praise and just continuously spiel it and spew it but again mr harden i appreciate you you got any other last minute plugs or words of wisdom you want to throw out here for myself and the listeners
0: man once again i appreciate you having me on um, it's great to uh talk college basketball which I usually just talk to a wall because you know my parents don't want to hear that or my sister uh so it was wonderful to come on here to talk that talk the rest of the NBA and being a former college football player talking football talking gridiron uh it's, it's going to be a very interesting week as we see you know championship you know football going to be played in college football um especially the big game Clemson and Notre Dame um, I'm, My my is a Notre Dame fan and I told him you're not going to beat him twice in one year and Trevor is back and he's been John. So we have some stakes on that game. So that's going to be fun to watch this uh, this weekend and a huge game, huge game for me personally, as a Saints fan, as a a roll into New Orleans and play the Chiefs after Losing to Jalen Hurts last week. It still hurts. Um, Louisiana, we're used to seeing Hurts beat our team. So we, oh, got, yeah. we, got a, we got a nice revenge against OU last year with him at the helm. But we we have, you know, Patrick Mahomes, and we'll see if Drew Brees plays this week. So that's what my eyes and my attention will be on this weekend. But check me out on Ball Hawks. Uh, we're tr- turning out content like crazy. We have the Hawks tonight, as we said earlier on this program. So I'll be giving – paying close attention to that tonight and hope to have a pod up tomorrow but continue to do your thing here Devin. i'm just so gracious to be here and hope to come back and talk some more football with you as well as you know all the other sports uh, that people are going to be paying attention to for their money issues
1: absolutely and well hopefully you take these picks and we don't have any money issues tonight only money problems so we'll uh We'll definitely get into some more stuff here soon. And I need to make a home and home appearance and maybe jump over on that Hootball Hawks podcast. Uh, Come on over. Yeah, off. I think that'd be real fun, real nice and enticing there. Maybe break down some box scores once we get rolling in the uh, regular season and talk some fantasy nuggets and all the good stuff. So.
0: I, I really think that before the season starts, it's very short, but, or maybe as the season progresses, we talk about, well, fantasy fantasy and who people need to look out after we know the for sure fantasy grabs for the hawks if your drafts are happening but it's going to be some waiver wire questions as far as the players who mean whose minutes are uncertain, the reddishers the herders and whatnot so that's going to be really key to pay attention to and look at that so that might be a wonderful opportunity to come on and talk that
1: absolutely well once again thanks to you and then thanks to the listeners um couldn't do it without either one of you it was a great one it was a fun one we got more to come don't forget to check out the wager pass plays tonight going to have more loaded in going to have uh some other plays going for other sports coming soon we got the dfs pass on the premium side also just go check out the hoop 360 content it's a small investment it's going to help you win your league get your money back and uh plus some so again, use those promo codes HoopBall20 for Manscaped, HoopBall over at mybookie.ag. Once again, I'm Devin Allington at D-A-L-E-007 on Twitter. And then the show, you can find us at HoopBallGaming on Twitter or just everything's over at hoop which will be a good good place for you to go visit. So with that being said, sending you all my good vibes, all my good energies, like always. Y'all take care and we'll see you on the next one. This has been a HoopBall presentation.
2: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.